listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 99, and today we're talking about story selling, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Happy Monday. Great to have you here for what is going to be a super exciting week. Not only do we have three episodes this week, but on Wednesday's episode 100, and I have got something super cool up my sleeve for that one. So definitely, definitely, after you've listened to this one, pop Wednesday in your calendar so that you come back and listen to episode 100. I'm super looking forward to sharing that episode with you, but not any, obviously, episode 100, but today's episode because we're talking about story selling. Now, story selling is super cool because we're talking about sharing your story in a way that actually grows your business rather than just dumping your story on your audience, almost like a therapy session. Uh, And that's what a lot of people do. So today we're going to uncover or my expert guest is going to help you uncover how to do that. So today we're welcoming Dallin Need into the Thought Leaders Business Lab. And he's a story seller and video marketing expert focused on partnering with entrepreneurs and companies to really accomplish the goal of creating influencers and thought leaders through video and content that actually brings results to your business. So let's just welcome Dallin into the Business Lab and get into today's episode. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Dallin. It's so great to have you joining me here today. Hey, it's so great to be here, Sam. I'm really looking forward to today's topic. We're going to talk about effective storytelling. And I say effective because I think that Most entrepreneurs know that we need to be storytelling, but I think that there's this place that people go that isn't the effective storytelling. And it's just the kind of storytelling that sometimes we don't want to hear, right? Yeah, 100%. And and I think a lot of times people confuse what makes a remarkable story as well or what makes a unique story. And and so, yeah, we should definitely talk more about that too. Yeah, perfect. Before we jump into it, I'd love you to share how you got to be teaching what you're teaching, because I think that there's always a great story in how people wind up where they are. Oh, for sure. And and I, I love I love talking about this. So a little bit about my own origin story. Uh, you know, I, I've always considered myself a storyteller, but usually when I was little and growing up, a lot of that story that I was sharing wasn't my own. I was very shy, introverted, still I'm introverted, but what I would do is I, I picked up an, an old camera, I would write short stories, any way to be creative and to tell stories, um, I would I would find that because that would be my outlet. 
you know, I love doing that. And as I got older, though, I got it in my head that storytelling could not be a lucrative career. You couldn't make much money at it. It was kind of that starving artist type mentality. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I was convinced that I couldn't make it a thing. I ended up studying IT in school. I was going to be an IT guy for my career. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, tech is cool. Like, I'm very techie. I'm, I'm savvy this way. And I go in into it, and you know, like, and there's there's some great friends I, I made, but generally, like, my prefer my professors to the the topics, and you know, I don't know if any of you who are familiar with writing code or database work, you can run a line of code, and you know, it can be hundreds to thousands of lines of code, and if one character is wrong, then the whole thing doesn't run correctly, and you have to troubleshoot and figure out where that error is. And, and I was like, what value is this providing? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe if you're an IT person listening to this, you're like, oh, it creates this kind of value. That's great. But I, I didn't, I could not trace the value back to how it was helping me live a more free and fulfilling life mm -hmm. um, is, is what I wanted. And, and I wasn't, I wasn't aware enough exactly what I wanted, what my dream was, or I wasn't willing to own my story. And, and yeah. I believe the ownership of stories happen when we actually are pursuing and living the dreams we want to mm. have that of our lifestyle. I mean, I see in the background, you have hashtag freedom. That definitely yeah. <laughs> was what I was chasing. And so during this miserable time of my life studying IT, um, I began to kind of do a lot of like searching around like, well, what, what should I do? And I knew I gravitated towards the storytelling side. So I was like, hey, well, I like filmmaking. I like storytelling. Why not create a feature film? So I wow. think I was, um, I was maybe like 22 at the time. I wrote and directed, produced, you know, I did a lot of roles, but I, I had a crew of probably upwards of a casting crew of like 30 people help create this film. It was 82 minutes and we do a theatrical release and we multiple sold out shows, a lot of buzz. And it was insane because here's this introverted kid, very shy growing up, being told that you couldn't make money off of videos, off of mm -hmm. creativity, off of storytelling. And I'm here in the front row of this movie theater watching my film, putting myself on the, you know, the cutting block, so to speak. Yeah, totally. And yeah, and it was, it was super nerve wracking, but yet it was in that moment. And then when we get paid the profits from the showing that I'm like, well, wait a minute, I've been lied to this whole time. And that it was, you know, it was truly like in a, like a, a moment where I developed all the self-awareness. It was an epiphany and I began to change my story and become more hyper-focused on my dream of what I wanted. And I changed like where, you know, the momentum and what I wanted to lean into. And so I, uh, I did finish grad. I graduated as an IT person, but that's because I was too far in. So like uh -huh. I was finished. Uh -huh. But what I did is I ended up landing quickly a job at Princess Cruises where I, uh, it's a cruise line. I, I traveled the world telling stories from those who worked, you know, low end of the totem pole on the cruise ships to top executives, multimillionaires. And I learned a lot more, not only around like, you know, I, I did the feature film side and then I did the, or the, the corporate side, but I got to meet people of all walks of life. And I truly deepened my understanding of what makes people tick, what, what, engages people and what ultimately helps people become massive ambassadors for for a brand or for offers. But what I realized, um, you can slow me down if I'm getting too long-winded with this. But yeah, good. I, you know, I, I, was, I was doing this and I was loving it. You know, I was having so many opportunities. My ambition to do more and to create more value, like that was my dream. That's what I wanted. Got stifled within the corporate structure because 
you know, I was being told what I can make. I was being told like what budgets I, you know, I can have approved. Like I, w- I got promoted multiple times in like just a three year time span. I raised my salary by over 75% in a short amount of time. You know, I was making all this progress, but then I'm like, I'm told that, hey, you can't ask for a raise anytime soon because we've already like, are paying you above market value, all these things. And I was like, okay. So I'm basically told that my progression in this journey is stalled. It's plateaued. You had to pay by, play by someone else's rules. Yes. Yes, totally. And, uh, and so just during that time, I was looking for something else. And I was like, well, let me lean deeper into this idea of entrepreneurship and storytelling. And so I combined the idea of the story into the selling of, of an entrepreneur and business owner yeah. and created an agency called Content Supply. And within that, we offer services that help people sell with their story. Yeah. Love it. And we're going to go more into story selling and effective storytelling. But I think the one piece that I pulled out of that story that you were just sharing then was when you're a creative and, you know, to be an effective storyteller, it, it does need, you know, you need to be creative. It comes with a huge amount of vulnerability. And that's what I find with any creative. You know, I came from a dance background and a choreographer. And it was like every time I had a piece on stage, it was so open to everyone going, I either love it or I hate it. And people don't hold back when they tell you I hate it. And it's like a, oh, it's a big stab to the heart when it happens. Yeah, it's it like, is. wow. Like that was everything that I put into that. And I, I think that storytelling is exactly the same. So how did you because I am an extrovert. So how did you as an introvert deal with that vulnerability of being a creative and opening up and being authentic and sharing your creativity? That's a great question. It definitely came the more I published. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I talk about this feature film I did in publishing and you got to understand, I still wasn't publishing my own story Mm -hmm. at, at this time. I was publishing stories I would make up or other people's stories by way of clients and the um, people around the world I would I would feature. And so that helped me uh, like learn how to craft a really more remarkable story mm-hmm. in the way of film and other forms of content. But it wasn't until like, I began to understand this idea of owning my story and like documenting it and really understanding what the, the beats of my story were, meaning like what key elements are most important and help me connect with my audience or other people that I documented that and then just was willing to publish. And and there's still times that like I feel awkward. Maybe I I'm come off as awkward to some people, but we got to realize like even as an introverted person, being willing to show up and to publish regardless of what people think. Like I, I've seen comments, you know, you definitely get the trolls and the, the haters. You know, I've seen comments. I'm like, oh, that's that's cool. Like <laughs> there's a brief moment. I'm like, oh, sad. But and then, <laughs> and, then, like, and then you just move forward. Be like, well, that person, you know, they can think what they want, whatever. But just it's like the whole idea of just just publish, but being willing to, yes, publish case studies and customer stories and, and talk about other experiences. But when you can turn the camera on yourself, which is eventually what I had to do and needed to do and finally owned doing, things begin to change and kind of a new trajectory of momentum happened um, happened for me. Beautiful. Uh, what's the difference, do you think, between owning your story and completely just verbal vomiting every bad thing that's ever happened to you onto your audience? Because I think that there is a bit of a fine line here 
maybe sometimes it's not as fine as others, but I think that there's some people that get confused that owning their story means just telling everything, just bearing all. And I mean, I'd love to hear your take and I don't think it's that, but I'd love you to share your take. Oh, I, I do agree with you. And, and what I believe owning your story is, is being self-aware enough to what everything means for your life. I know that sounds high level to get a little bit more specific. Like, let's say you had a business partner completely just run away with all your money, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, there's stories like that and you were left broke and you're, you had to kind of climb up from the bottom. And now that's a really hard moment of your backstory, you know, your background, your, your story of, of why you started your next business or your current mm-hmm. business. And it's having, it being like being self-aware enough to like, yes, that happened. And I'm willing to talk about it. And that's like being willing, like being willing is, is the key, I think, because the more we are willing to share and you got to understand too, like, don't feel like you have to go verbal vomit. <laughs> like you said, like, Cause you may do it too soon and it may be off-putting to your customers uh-huh. if you're not emotionally ready to share it. Mm. And that's why I believe there are very appropriate like levels of story sharing. Um, and oftentimes it is an easier path when we can focus on sharing first with ourselves, like on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And usually people document that in a way of like a journal or, or diary or, or maybe an, you know, an audio journal or whatever, but to ourselves personally, and then to someone we trust, those around mm-hmm. us, like a loved one, maybe it's through prayer or meditation, you sharing and, and understanding those pieces of the stories that are really hard to share. You may not be willing to share yet, but the more you, you share it and kind of put words to the emotions and the events that happened, the more you can recognize, oh, wait a minute, there's a connection. I can add this to my offer or my business. There's mm-hmm. a connection. I can, um, maybe I can get closer to my father by sharing this story. You know, like there's a personal and a professional element to storytelling mm-hmm. um, that as business owners, we can recognize more of as we we share more. And you don't have to feel like you have to go live right now and share a very deep, dark secret, you know, with your audience. But mm-hmm. but it's you share enough and you get comfortable where when you do show up, even if you do cry out of emotions or or maybe you're more controlled because you've practiced at it. I think it just comes with with practice and willingness to share in some form, usually mm. privately first. So what I'm hearing is that those key elements that we're putting into our story, we need to be very aware how they connect to our audience and the story that we're telling and selling. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Part of the process I take my clients through um, early on, I call it story therapy. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not a self-proclaimed therapist by any means. I don't have any of that training whatsoever, but why that term is used is because I believe the more we share, the more therapeutic it is in our business, but in mm-hmm. our personal lives, because we can learn to understand and own our stories and then be ready to publish. So like story therapy preps you all the way to the point of publishing. And it just walks you through um, kind of those three stages of like privately sharing, personally sharing with with trusted people, and then starting to publicly share. But for sure, you'll realize as you do these things that there are so many amazing connections to your business. And that's right. where the story selling aspect comes in. And you can just leverage that like crazy in your your content efforts. I'd love you to explain what is story selling? It's the perfect marriage between the emotional and the business side Uh of marketing because you have to sell, you have to make money to run a business, Uh but also in order to stand out and be different, you need to tell stories. 
and you got to tell remarkable stories. So it, to me, it's just like a perfect marriage of the the artsy side, the emotional side to the business and sales side. And so when you can marry those up and put it together in a clear path to conversion engagement and really developing a legacy brand mm. or you know the factors of like the no love and trust factor. People say like, but I'm like, no, like with story, people grow to love you. Oh, I love so that. The, the no love and trust factor is a really key part one thing like that attracted me to you, Sam, as we got connected on online, like you're very real in how you show up with people. Yeah. And I think there's a really cool opportunity we have nowadays with like technology. You know, you and I are living clear across the world from each other. I'm mm-hmm. in LA. You're in I'm in Sydney, Australia. Australia. Yeah. yeah. And we can connect in a way we've never been able to do before. And totally. that connection can build like personal relationships and professional relationships. And there's kind of a fusion of, of you know, like they both combine together where before in the past, like, you know, coming from corporate, I had good relationships, but they weren't near as deep as the ones I've developed in this online world or going to events and meeting people because there are less barriers put up, less Mm. roadblocks in our way of connection. Totally. Um, So I love these opportunities that we can do. We're alive in a really amazing time where we can connect with people all over the world. And it's just so cool. So cool. Today's episode is brought to you by Business Freedom Mastermind. Now, if you're an entrepreneur or business owner who is ready for more income, more freedom, more impact, but you're stuck and not sure how to make it happen, then this exclusive one-day mastermind event is for you. Now, there's a strict limit of just 10 attendees where we do nothing but talk business, plan for growth, create lasting relationships, and establish accountability for each and every entrepreneur at the table. And you'll get a chance to share what you're doing, the challenges you're facing, and you'll get the personal feedback that you need to move forward and get different results. So head on over to businessfreedommastermind.com for more details. But you mentioned remarkable stories. What can we look out for to make our stories stand out and from vanilla stories being, you know, just something that's online and glossed over and not read to telling the same story in a remarkable way. What are the tips that we can walk away with to help us do that? I believe it's really, I mean, it's the ownership side for sure, but it's documenting the key elements. I mean, I, I call it an origin story. I mean, that's, that term is used a lot. And there's an origin story framework I walk through that pulls out those key beats of your story, the key parts that help you figure out like, oh, this is where I'm different than anyone else. Because there's the remarkable story and then the vanilla story, the bland story. Mm. The bland stories we typically see are the ones where, although they may be accurate, you know, you're, you're broke living on your friend's couch or... Mm-hmm. Those ones that feel like there's nothing original, unique about them. Yeah, and it's amazing how many entrepreneurs have been, you know, on drugs, sleeping on the couch in yes. the basement. It's just like, oh, again. And it's awful because some of those people probably went through some really hard times. But we've got to a point where we're just like, oh, that story again. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And so like we recognize it and we're like, we feel less connected because it's like, it's either less relatable because it's like, yeah, it's definitely less relatable. Or here's another example of a bland story is um, I've seen an ad where, you know, a guy is standing in front of his mansion and he's like, hey, <laughs> like, here, here's my life. Like, I used to be broke, but now I'm not. Check out my yeah. house. And like yeah, to yeah. him, in his mind, like, I'm staring at my story. 
but it's not. And he's like, let me walk in and show you how. And you're definitely going to attract a certain kind of, of audience member, but they're not being connected based on your story of transformation. They're being connected yeah. on your story of achievement and awards, accolades, money, uh-huh. which has a short-term impact. I really like that tapping into the transformation. So sharing the story of the bridge from where you were to where you are now, rather than just sharing the story of where you are now. No, you've got a framework, the story influencer method. And I'm sure that this has got some of those little seeds that you're talking about there. So would you be willing to share that framework with us? Yeah, totally. Let me pull up a few. I don't know every step off the top of my head. I should. It's funny. There's eight parts to it. And the idea is to pull out particularly your origin story to begin with, but also the other stories that happen throughout your life because there's uh-huh. there's stories that happen to us every day. Something as simple as going to a grocery store um, that can be connected to your business. But the first piece is to really discover your story. So I mentioned story therapy, uh-huh. um, understanding how your story can be connected to your business, how to pull out your unique story. And part of that is definitely walking through the beats of your story through the order story process uh-huh. and then developing the hero within. This is a key part because especially as coaches, those who are helping people achieve success with their products or serve, you know, like just we're all really coaches in a different way, yeah. um, whether it's service or products, but developing a hero within is, is understanding, well, what is my journey from the story I've discovered? What are these beats? And usually like, what have I achieved in the way of transformation and like money milestones? Like have I become a millionaire, right? Like understanding what that is, but developing that hero because you can add your customer. You should be able to add your customers right up next to you and have similar steps in that journey. Because what we do as coaches is we, even if we're a step ahead of those we coach, we are qualified based on our stories. And so our hero's journey reflects our customer's hero's journey. And so the more we can match up what that journey looks like, it helps us understand our offers better, what we sell. And then we can begin to create a roadmap, which is the third step, creating the roadmap of, okay, I understand this hero's journey. If I don't have offers that exist, or maybe I already have offers that are proven, they're selling, how does this fit within the journey that my customers will go on to achieve similar success to what I've had? Both in the way of like money to be made or um, transformation to be had. Like, you know, a big transformation for me is I quit my job nine months ago. I was massive and I have coaches to attribute to that. They handed over their journey playbook, their roadmap, so to speak, to me. And so when you have clarity on what that roadmap looks like and help people achieve their dreams and Uh to become heroes, then is to begin building your brand through how you can plan out your content and Uh how you can match these goals for success to offers in your business to then content that then serves those offers. And we build the content beginning with video. So we plan out a whole list of videos that serve your offers, that serve your goals and help you live that dream lifestyle for success you want. And then we, from each of those videos, we repurpose um, different types of content, like 10 plus pieces of content for each video. And so, you know, we're planning, we're creating content and we batch create a lot of videos. So we have team members all around the world who film, edit and repurpose content for these heroes, these story sellers. And um, we get to we double that impact, we repurpose, we publish, and we recycle that. And so the idea, you know, like all of a sudden done, think of Oprah. We all, I think, are familiar with her. She's, you can't deny that she's been very influential, like many people. And if you, you think back to what her journey has looked like and why it's worked so well is because she's followed a similar process to what 
I've talked about. And I'm at the beginning of this, um, but I'm just recognizing patterns and frameworks that have worked. Mm-hmm. And so I'm applying it to clients. I'm starting to apply it to myself. But it's the idea that when you own your story, she has a very difficult backstory, background uh-huh. before she became Oprah. Like her name literally was spelled differently, Orpah or something. I didn't even know that part. I yeah. didn't know her name was spelled differently. Yeah. So I don't remember what point, but she has a very difficult background and she definitely got told no a lot. She definitely had to build her way from the bottom. And when she owned her story, began to publish it, she shared her origin story. She opened up about it and she created a safe place and a platform for people to then share their story as well. So she shared her origin story and then she created a show around mm-hmm. that. And so essentially that's what we're doing through Story Influencer Framework is reason story to build your influence and uh, to not necessarily to help you become the next Oprah, but to help you become the next you and to help you kind of live that a dream lifestyle for yourself and then help you do it for your customers. I just want to jump in there before you keep going through that. The origin story. Is there a point in your journey of building your brand where it's better to share it than others? Like, is there a time where it's too early to share the origin story? I I would say no, but you know, you know, that's a really good, that's a really good question. Cause I I began to share pieces of my origin story when it, in all reality, wasn't my true origin story. I, I did a version of it following a framework I thought would work based on what I used for, you know, a bunch of other experiences in the past. And then to be honest, like it just wasn't working for me. Like it mm-hmm. pulled out emotions and it pulled out things that were very accurate, but I was like, ah, I still feel like I'm missing it. Like yeah. I'm missing that true turning point that I had, that epiphany. And so I had to rework it again. So like I started to publish it. I wasn't super aggressive with publishing it, to be honest, because it like, it just wasn't feeling right. But it was, it's a willingness to begin to publish. And then if it's not resonating, you're like, okay, let's kind of go back to the drawing board. Is this truly my origin story? So is that something, is that a journey that we all need to go on? Because I've got a similar story. I've shared bits and just gone, actually, I don't feel that's actually the right bit. And for me, it's been this constant testing and measuring of which parts of the story resonate and which parts matter. Do you feel that we all need to go on that journey or is there a way that we can just pull it out right from day one? Please, I'm hoping, no. <laughs> I'm hoping no, that right now. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I wish. I wish. And some people are just naturally born storytellers who are just so dynamic in how they deliver. But I think we should definitely start publishing and we can discover our voice and discover mm. like the pieces of our story. But, you know, it's, it really takes some time to really be thoughtful about it. And that's why I think it's important to document it with ourselves, but definitely have a conversation of asking inspired questions, listening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to people we trust who have an outside perspective on certain beats of our story. So within the order story framework, like there are clear questions and pieces of your journey you can fill out with people, with yourself, and you can start collecting, uh, collect all the ideas together. And it's going to be funny though, because you're going to have an epiphany about your epiphany and be like, oh, that's it. Like that's, this happened to me not that, not that long ago, because I was, I was kind of writing on like, ah, oh, this is kind of it. Like, obviously I'm helping people do this and I'm doing it for myself, but it, it didn't feel quite right until like it hit me even harder. And so it just takes kind of sampling out your material, kind of like a comedian does before they do a show, you know, they sample their jokes out. And so sample it out and it's like, um, it doesn't quite, quite feel right, but start documenting it now. And, um, and you'll understand like what your true why is and recognize too, that your order story may evolve a little bit at, let's say you start a completely new business, that new business or idea may have a new order story or an adjusted order story around that as well. 
Totally. Thanks. All right. So to get back, because I did, I did want to deep dive into that. We, the first step of your story influencer method was discover your story. The second step was the second step, develop the hero within. Yes. Yep. And then we had, yeah, go, if you can take it on from there. Yeah. Create your roadmap Yep. and then build your brand, plan yep. your content, create your content, double your impact and publish and deploy. Love it. So following that, it's very easy to see how that it works and understand that by sharing the stories along the way, there's there's no shortcut. I guess that's the, the message here. There's no shortcut that you have to be vulnerable. You have to share your story to get it to a point where it seems seamless. You know, we can listen to the great storytellers. I think Renee Brown is just the, an amazing storyteller. She's so good. Oh my yeah. goodness. I could just listen to her forever. She's just so good at telling stories but the only way that we can get to that is to actually be telling them ourselves and I mean I was lucky growing up my father and my grandfather were awesome storytellers and I think I learned a lot from them they were very funny they could hold a room they could embellish a story like there was no tomorrow but some people haven't been around those storytelling you know people that are good at it so it's just about getting out there and sharing the stories and seeing what hits and seeing what misses. Yeah, that's totally it. And, and I think it's definitely being willing just to, like I said, for me, like my, you got to be willing to turn the camera or turn the attention onto yourself. If that's something you truly want, maybe you want to be behind the scenes and the best kept secret. And that's fine. As long as you own that and you understand that's what you want. Mm-hmm. But many of us are definitely um, ambitious enough that we want to be noticed and, and valued, publicly valued, privately valued. And uh, a lot of times we need to be willing to, to publish that. So I we can really, build that connection. I really love what you said there. There's so many people that do feel like the world's best kept secret. So many. And I guess right now that's a decision to make. Are we going to continue doing that or are we going to change it and do something different and stop being the world's best kept secret? Because there's only two choices. Either continue being the world's kept se- best kept secret or change it up and do something different. So true. That simple. So true. That simple. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds so simple, right? Well, and, and that's where it's like, you know, I, I recognize that for myself. You know, it's, we definitely have to combat it, you know, personality wise, right? You're an extrovert. I'm an introvert. And, and people, sometimes people are like, I don't see you as an introvert. I'm like, my insides are screaming, you know, yeah. as I, I, I put myself in inter- extroverted situations, but it's being willing to like, the more we practice at it and the more we own in the process, like owning what we want, like that dream that we want. Totally. And, and as long as you're, you're okay and, and that's, it's totally fine. You do you if you want to be the best kept secret. Yeah, totally. Um, and I want to say that just being an extrovert doesn't mean that it's easy every day. Like a lot of people, a lot of introverts think, oh, so, you know, it must be so easy for extroverts. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's not easy for us all the time either. You know, if I think back to 2007 when I very first joined Facebook and the reason I did was because my sister at the time was living in the UK and she said, you know, join Facebook so we can talk. And I'm like, why do I want to go on the internet so people can see my kids and my life and who I am? And, and you know, at that time, I was like, why do people want to know what we eat for breakfast? Like, it was a big thing. And it, it took a lot of, there's no way at that time I would have even joined Facebook if she wasn't living overseas. Now, I love social media. But just because I'm an extrovert didn't make that decision very easy. And it's been a lot of learning along the way to share some of the things that I share because 
it's painful to share some of the things that we share. Like it's very vulnerable and it really opens you up to a lot of judgment and criticism or as Brene Brown says, you know, a shame sandwich. It, it happens, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it, it totally does. And whether it's intentional or not, you know, I think it's hard place to be in. And you got to understand that people are dealing with their own struggles, their own stories and their own insecurities. And it's just the way that they, they lash out as, as hard as it is to see it from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to kind of put ourselves in their shoes, kind of like mm-hmm. any kind of story happens, right? It's interesting. And it's, it's hard, whether you're the best kept secret and want to be that way, or maybe you're a massive influencer or whatever title you want to give it. Like I, at least quick side note, like I know people have, some people have issues. I, I don't use influencer in some of your branding. Uh-huh. Um, I, I personally love that title. Some people are starting to say like, I don't like that title. And yeah. I absolutely love it because break it down. Like an influencer means you influence someone. If you can just influence yourself, you're an influencer. Uh-huh. I'm an influencer because I influence myself and I influence my family by quitting my job or, or you know, landing this client or whatever it may look like and recognizing it. And like, there's so many positive identities. And so for people to put shame to identities or, or movements, it's unfortunate, but I think it's an incredible identity to take on to own that and to help influence people. Totally. And that's really interesting that you bring that up because I was just with a friend yesterday doing some work for something that we're about to launch and we were having a conversation around influencer. And at the end of the day, for anyone that feels that they've got a message that's, that's you know, going to change lives, if they want to make an impact, the only way that we can do that at the level that we want to be sharing that message is to have people in our world that we're influencing. It's the only way to do it. Yet so many people really say, oh, you know, I don't want to be an influencer, but I've got this massive legacy that I want to, you know, leave. Then there's a mismatch. So if you've got a legacy that you want to leave and you want to change people's lives, embrace being an influencer. 100%. And that, that's the idea of ownership. But like, once again, if you don't want to do that, that's your thing. That's okay. It just means you're going to have a smaller footprint to leave. It's a choice. So it's a choice. choice. Awesome. For anyone that's listening, Dallin, and wants to stay connected with you, how can they do that? Everything I'm up to is on dallinneed.com. One of my favorite things right now is origin story. So originstoryvideo.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go there, you can learn about how to build your origin story. So that way it sells. I mean, I, I just, uh, I've had incredible experiences and I've, I've cried with clients as they've shared their story. You know, many times we, we may share the tears um, or we may shelf them for the future, right? And you talk uh-huh. about select, you know, being selective and timely, but it's so incredible what story sharing can do for us personally and professionally. And so I absolutely love it. Beautiful. You've shared so much value today around effective storytelling and how to use stories to sell, well, basically sell our brand and sell our products. But if there was one parting thought that you could leave us with, what would that be? Ooh, that is a great question. My parting thought is just to come to terms with what you really want. You know, like we're on this entrepreneur journey, like we are all struggling. We're all succeeding. You know, we may all be at different levels, but you know, I think you and I talked about this before. Me, we maybe even hit record, right? Uh, yeah, and, we did. Uh, and yeah. so recognize that you're in good company. There are people here to support you. Like we're we're in this together. And the more people you can find to support you and to cry with you and to succeed with you along the way, and you for you to recognize what you ultimately want out of all this at the the end of the road of this entrepreneurial journey, that creates ownership for what you move forward to, and it'll be a lot more fulfilling and valuable for you. I love it. That was beautiful. A lovely way and inspirational way to wrap up such an amazing episode. Thanks, Dallin, so much for joining us here today. Hey, thanks, Sam. 
want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth, and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode, and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.